Welcome to Cognizant Podcasts, tailor-made for easy listening. We bring you digital trends for busy executives on the go. Hello, everyone. This is Sushmita Singh at Cognizant. I'm senior client partner and very, very excited today to record our first episode in the new podcast series, Recognizing Outstanding Female Leaders in Manufacturing. I'm here today with Audrey Sherman, scientist in the medical solutions division of 3M. Audrey is a lifelong inventor, chemist, researcher, and scientist holding more than 150 patents to her name. An achievement turned factoid as her patent record was even featured as a clue on hit TV show, Jeopardy. Thank you for joining me, Audrey. Sismita, it's really good to be here. I just want to say thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to our discussion. I'm very passionate about women leaders, uh, particularly in manufacturing industry. So today you're here so that we could learn from your accomplishments. And uh, most of it was during your time uh, at 3M. But I want to start from where you originally started from, where did this passion truly come through? And I understand that that was um, while you were working in a very small laboratory. You have that one totally right. My very small laboratory was my bathroom at home as I was growing up. And uh, my mom was very, very uh, forgiving of myself and my younger sister to mix anything that we found in there together and, and just play around in the in the bathroom sink. So shampoos, soaps, we didn't have too many things that were too crazy for us to mix up. It was just so interesting to see what happened when you took green shampoo, you know, and yellow hand lotion and mixed them together. And in the end, everything got cleaner in the sink as well. But that was my starting laboratory was the bathroom sink. Later on, my mother was finishing college as an information uh, scientist, but she had to take a course in biology. And uh, I was in uh, probably middle school then, and we had to go out with her. She requested that we went out with her to ponds to pick up water samples and come back into the laboratory and look at them under the microscope. And she had no idea how to use a microscope, how to do anything. So so uh, I was there to run the microscope, record all the drawings of the, of the uh, creatures that we found uh, in the pond water and really, you know, helped my mom through a science course in college, uh, which was really amazing because she was just like, well, you're the scientist. You come with me to my class and help me do my, my assignment. And that was a lot of fun. Later on in the beginning of high school, I got to spend time at my older sister's uh, store in the middle of Missouri. And this was a really interesting store uh, called Little Bit of Everything. And it was a little bit of everything. They bought sight unseen return things from catalog companies. And every week a truck would come and you never knew what was on the truck. But what we did is we took equipment like microwaves and TVs and weed whippers apart and tried to take three broken ones and make one real working one. 
to sell in the store. And my favorite story was the weed whippers uh, because I took three of them, tried to make one, but every single one of them had a bent pole on them, like somebody had just smashed it into a tree or something. And so I took the one that kind of had the nicest bend in my mind and built a working device out of that. And I took it back to our her house and used it because I wanted to just see, hey, how's this thing work? It turned out that bend was so nice to be able to get around fence posts and trees that when I took it back to the store to sell it, the gentleman who bought it said, boy, I'd really like to buy this, but the pole is bent. And I ended up telling him, you know, I use this and I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to love the bend in the pole because it is really helpful. This was back in uh, 1978. This is way before weed whipper poles are all bent now. They're all bent now. They all have an ergonomic bend in them. But um, I feel like this was a cool thing to learn. When I got to high school, woman scientist from 3M came to visit and she was part of a STEM program. And she had a real laboratory now. She was a chemist. And she said, I cook polymers all day and I drive a sports car. And that was it. I was I fell in love with becoming a polymer chemist like she was. And I didn't even have a driver's license at the time. It didn't matter. I ended up working with her that summer. Again, no driver's license, but that was okay because she came in her sports car and picked me up and drove me to work every day and back. It was fabulous. I was in heaven. And by the end of that summer, I had earned enough money to purchase my own sports car, which proudly came to my senior year high school parking lot and just blew everybody away. Wow. What kind of car is that? <laughs> Who has a two-seater when you're a senior in high school? Well, me. <laughs> that's awesome, Audrey. That's that's great experience growing up, and I'm so glad you got an opportunity to experiment. Um, so it's very clear that you had a mixture of both organic and structured experiences that particularly you know, set you on the path for manufacturing. So how do you think that these experiences that you had uh, growing up has shaped you on how you approach work on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, so every every day at work, you know, coming with a, a new problem to solve for a customer and and you know, they have problems. They don't always have ideas. You make the idea and the idea is just a very small inkling, I'll call it, in your mind. But you have to start from that very, very small inkling you have and then get in there and get your, you know, elbow grease and your hands into it and try and see if you can progress it into something more. And I call it going from the gram scale to the ton scale because you you need to be able to take an idea that it, it can't have a 
a million complicated steps because you'll never be able to explain that to the next person and the next person and the next person. It needs to be very, very straightforward, simplistic, only do what's needed. And in able to do that, you have to be hands-on the whole time. So I go from that idea to making the prototypes to keeping in mind how is this going to look on a manufacturing line, knowing farewell that if, if, if I give them something that's pretty difficult and impossible to do, they're not going to want to do it. So starting with an idea, but you have to make it available to the masses. So you have to keep the end in mind while you're having those first beginnings of what ifs, I call them. The nice part about my day is that, you know, everyone, I consider everyone an inventor. When I tell someone about an idea and they say, wow, that's really cool. What if you did this? I was like, wow, that's great. Let's do it. They're improving. They're also inventing. They're making it real. They're thinking of things I hadn't thought of. So, you know, they know how to reduce steps that I didn't think of, which is wonderful. So, you know, my day consists of not just doing things because that's the way they've always been done, but I want to do things that actually make sense and move the progress forward so that ideas can come out the other end to be something that all of us can benefit from. Um, and so I always call myself, I'm, I'm the type of person who will read the instructions. I will read the instructions, but I'll still try to find a shortcut. You know, if, if I can read all the way and it's 15 steps, maybe I can see that ah, steps one through three, you could actually miss those. And let's just start at step four, you know, and all of us dive in. So I'm always looking for that shortcut to be able to get things through the process to manufacture. It's wonderful. That's wonderful because as we try to apply some of these shortcuts, that's where most of the innovations happen. So Audrey, can you give me, um, give us a few examples of how you have applied the shortcut mentality in your career? Yeah. One of the shortcuts was reducing steps. So there was a uh, a product that we made that needed five steps to us. It was a solvent-based system to put a coating on the back of a film. And it's actually a coating that makes it so tape can be wound in a roll and unwound in a roll instead of tape winding it in a roll and ending up with a big chunk or a hockey puck where you can't unwind it. And I wanted to eliminate the solvent for, for sustainability reasons, but I also wanted to start cutting out steps. So we, uh, you know, looked at the whole process and I, I said, well, why don't we just mix everything together while we make the film, we just, the coating, you know, just comes to the surface 
and and of course everybody at first was like oh you can you can't do that you can never do that i mean everyone has a million reasons why things won't work but i like to you know go and do it myself because until i see i'm wrong I feel that I'm going to be right. So they have to either prove me wrong or else it's going to be right. So we went ahead, mixed things together, made the film. Lo and behold, it worked. It worked on the very first time we did it on a small scale. And it was not very long till we were on a huge manufacturing scale at a big site. And so um, it's just so much fun to see that you can actually eliminate steps you can think of it in a different mindset um with this kind of shortcut mentality and and you have to try it it could work that's so true you know even at, at the core of cognizant um value we are always thinking about how can we reimagine processes, how can we transform experiences uh, for our clients as well as their end clients. Um, So on that note, Audrey, uh, when you think of your partnership with Cognizant, how does it help you to apply this mindset of efficiency through innovation? I know a lot of people might believe that innovation is this messy, you know, long drawn out kind of event. They call it the fuzzy front end and things like that. But honestly, the most innovative and simplistic creations are the simplest thing. A lot of people talk about Uh, Einstein, E equals MC squared. Oh my gosh, it's elegant. It's so teeny, it's so compact, it's so elegant. You could say it with thousands of more equations, but when you get it down to that refinement, that's where efficiency uh, and innovation just thrive. They need to be joined at the hip to come out with such an elegant simple solution, you know, where people say, gal, I wish I thought of that. Whenever I hear someone say, I wish I thought of that, then I know, oh man, I might be on to something. <laughs> so with, uh, you know, it's great to partner with Cognizant because you get all of those kind of experiences and you're going to end up getting way more efficient while you're innovating. Thank you, Audrey. And, you know, we are learning from leaders like you on a daily basis. So on that note, Audrey, uh, we all know that there are very, very few women in manufacturing. So as one yourself, what have you learned being a woman leader in manufacturing over the past, you know, years of experience that you have? That's a really great question, you know, um, and you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I, the first experience of mine manufacturing was holding a I was the flashlight holder for my dad whatever he was making I was the flashlight holder and I was the determined I was going to be the best flashlight holder but while I was watching and seeing what he was doing I was figuring out ah it sounded a lot harder than that (laughs) he just did it you know and it's like it wasn't any magical miracle thing like that so what was in my mind was like, wow, 
I can do that. You know, it wasn't a miraculous thing. I can bring not only the technical skills to, to, to do the manipulations or whatever he was doing there, but I can also bring the soft skills in that actually allow it to be uh, either explained to a large group, uh, reporting whether I'm reporting it up to management or I'm talking to the crew that's on the line, you know, just to be able to chameleon, I kind of call it, back and forth uh, in the day. Women bring a lot of that balance, uh, I think, in manufacturing. And that really helps out with a win-win solution. Now that I'm a leader, I push this even more and more. So I try to bring both men and women together in the solution finding area. I'll grab a diverse group and they may wonder why this room is full of people that have nothing in common. And why that is is because our invention is not going to be common. It's going to be something that it would take this diversity to come up with. And also to let people know that today we know a lot more than we started. So I may get people that said, yeah, I did that, you know, three years ago and it didn't work. Yeah, but okay, that's great. We won't do that, but we know a lot more now. What can we bring to the table today that can change the outcome from what you saw three years ago, four years ago, my gosh, even 20 years ago. Um, there's no problem to go to go back and use new knowledge on old problems. If it was a problem then and hasn't been solved, it's probably a problem today. Uh, and then again, I really want to bring in more sustainability. I talked about taking a solvent-borne process into, you know, one step without solvent. I really want us to think about um, being more efficient in the materials we use, in our space that we take up. Um, you know, does the plastic always have to be virgin plastic? You know, how could we fix that? I mean, my one boss told me one time, you're like a real chemist. You move a hydrogen atom, you know, down one carbon. I'm like, well, yeah, it was in the way up there, you know. So there's things that we can do today <laughs> that say, why doesn't this work? Let's get at it and fix it. So this is what I really want to bring to manufacturing tackle hard problems bring diverse backgrounds to solvent use knowledge today that you didn't have on that hard problem in the past and then bring it a sustainability mindset to it because you might as well solve it and actually make it better 
while you're doing it. That would be so wonderful today. I love that, Audrey, your passion uh, for this business and your passion to innovate and uh, always thinking about what's next. Uh, On that note, you know, today we'll have a lot of listeners listening to your story. What is a message or a takeaway that you want them to take and learn from your story? I really want them to understand that the diversity that women bring to problems and these opportunities is really critical. Products are being made for us, for all of us. And so you need to have all of us involved in making the products. Someone is gonna see something and bring a perspective that you didn't have in the beginning. And we really owe it to ourselves to ensure that that happens. It only makes the product better for everyone when you have the ability for everyone to uh, contribute. And so, you know, I was thinking about this today as I was uh, going over, oh, I'm going to do a podcast today, which is going to be great. And I said, I need to have a summary. How can I summarize this? And really, what I would like them to take away is that products made for women need women making products. And so if you don't have women making products, I don't think you're going to have very great products made for women. It's just not going to turn out that way. So you're doing yourselves a great favor to open your arms and in and open it to inclusion of everyone. I love that, Audrey. You know, if we don't step up and start designing product that we'll be using, we're not doing justice uh, to manufacturing field overall. So that's amazing. I think you bring up a great point. So going forward, Audrey, what do you think uh, will be the biggest challenge uh, the next generation of manufacturers will be solving for? When I came into the medical division, um, you know, not too long ago, under 10 years ago, I came out of the uh, consumer electronics area. And everybody at my old spot said, oh my gosh, you're going to medical because you're going to combine, you know, these electronics and medical and end up with wearables, you know? And, and I said, yeah, that's going to be cool. I'm going to, I'm going to look at wearables. And what's cool about wearables is it's that interconnection between the electronics uh, and humans. That is what I'm really interested to solve. You know, in the beginning, we had keyboards. You know, then there was a mouse. Then there was a touch screen. Now we can just speak to them. Uh, and so I'm very much interested in all the places where electronics and biology meet and how the chemistry of materials can perform at those interfaces, whether it be sticking something on a body, sticking something in a body, you know, coatings that we need to preserve devices, you know, all of that is going to be really super challenging Uh, in the next generation. And we need to get it right to allow for all the benefits when we start to add these electronics together with our, you know, human biology. It's going to be fun. So much to learn from you, Audrey. Uh, 
I really enjoyed your passion. And thank you so much for spending time with us. I know you were lucky just based on what we learned today. Um, you had wonderful mentors and inspiration growing up as a child uh, through your mother, your sister, your teachers at your school. Not everyone might be as uh, what I would say lucky, <laughs> but uh, but just the fact, you know, for people who are listening to you today to see how small experiments at home or anywhere else, if you have that inquisitive mind um, and you have the right mindset, how it can actually result into big inventions and go up to 150 patents as, as you achieved in your life. So any closing thought for our listeners um, so that you know they get inspired to do more of what you have done in manufacturing? What I would say is science, which includes manufacturing, is a team sport. No one does it alone. And what's cool about it is there's no league of science. There's no, you know, these are where the boys play and these are where the girls play. It doesn't matter. Science cuts across that. And so I think that if you have that curiosity and you have that mindset to, you know, I want to make things better. And why do things work? And why don't they work? I think it is absolutely wonderful that children of today could just be encouraged to keep that mindset. And it can be a catalyst for us growing up and being a part of the team that it's going to take to go from an idea all the way to manufacturing. And it really is a team sport. And like I said, it's not a men's league or a women's league. It's everybody. So get on the team. <laughs> we need you. That's that's great message, Audrey. I definitely got uh, truly inspired by you today, just listening to your story. And I'm sure most of our listeners, um, you know, they've got inspired as well. And if you did, uh, I would really appreciate listeners if you could share this podcast with other young children or, or ladies or even gentlemen in the industry uh, who you think would find this podcast useful. So please go ahead and share it with them. I'm very sure that this will have a positive impact just like it did on me today. And also, if you are an influential business leader, please go ahead and nominate uh, anyone that you know of who is like Audrey, you know, that we would like to follow and get inspired from. Please go ahead and share information or nominate uh, that leader through our email ID podcast at Cognizant.com. Audrey, thank you so, so much. Truly appreciate you sharing your story with us today. Thank you, Sismita. This has been wonderful. And I hope everybody joins the team. Thank you. We are in your team. Thank you for listening to the Cognizant Podcast, digital trends for busy executives on the go. 